drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on everybody? A Friday, we are in the building, another week in the books. The Detroit Lions, uh, we talked on Wednesday, had another tough loss in Minnesota. It was expected though, I mean Minnesota, been playing some good football, our team's ravaged with injuries. We talked about it, we hit the high points, we hit on uh, on Johnson as well as talked about Marvin Jones going down. We'll have some very interesting things to talk about as well as preview a little bit of this um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming into Detroit to uh, battle our Lions. So with all that being said, Grifka is in the building on a Friday. You know what he does. Do what you do. What up, Grifka? Oh, man, it was, gosh, what a week, man. It's like it was cold outside, you know, starting to warm up everybody. You know, it is December, you know, and it felt like December earlier in the week. But, hey, we're back up in the 30s, and I know people around the country, 30s, like, oh, man, it's cold. Nope, 30s is balmy for December, here, so uh, I'll live with that. But, you know, something strange happened this week. I'm going to tease you all because I got some questions for Derek from what I saw earlier this week. Um, we're going to kick that off at the, you know, near the end of the show. It's uh, kind of surprising, so I want to get some uh, some thoughts from Derek on this. So uh, everybody keep listening to this. This will be, this'll be a cool thing. And oh, TGIF man, so, I'm so excited, man. You know, kind of pumped that I forgot about oh. <laughs> oh man, Grifka, let's let's get right into it. Like, what do you got for me? Because I'm ready to answer some Lions questions. I mean, I think this is a football game that they can get against Tampa Bay. So I I'm actually fired up about this episode. I'm ready to do this thing. What do you got? Uh, my first thing for you is um. I was, you know, reading stuff earlier this week, you know, after the Vikings game and there's points where guys, you know, um, you know, got injured, left the game. I mean, Jared Davis went down. He obviously was very frustrated on the sideline. Everybody saw that and, you know, he was able to come back, but a few other guys, you know, um, you know, stayed out. Marvin, Marvin Jones went on IR. Um, my question to you is, I know people are always like, I read the stuff. It's like, Oh, let's let the young guys play. Let them guys get some snaps. Um, do you think like the established veterans on the team at this point in the year, they kind of, do you think they want to see the young guys, you know, it might be one of those things where they're like, you know, they might think is like, they're trying to take a job away from an established person, or you think these people could help. What do you think the veterans on this team feel about, you know, do you think they want to see the young guys play or do you think they're just kind of out there just playing? Griffin, when you, when you say reading, I, I mean, is this, Lions 24-7 that we're talking about? Or is this Dave Burkett, your favorite writer of all time? I think it might have been a little bit of Dave Burkett, Justin Rogers as well. You know, so. <laughs> Why are you reading Dave Burkett? He's, he's, he's like, he's him and that sport we shall not speak of are banned from the show, unless I'm making fun of him. You know this. Well, well, because at least he, I don't want to say everything's negative. It's not like Reeling Carlos. <laughs> so where everything is is just like the total slanted, you know, doom and gloom sky is falling no matter what i mean he's the i mean he's obviously trying to just be evil drew so but you know rest in peace evil drew i did like reading your stuff <laughs> oh my gosh grifka like we know that you love the annual calvin johnson piece by david burkett but who knew you were a closet burkett fan all this time i've been making fun of and i will continue to do so because he's a rudy poo you know what? Um, let, let me get to your question about rookies and vets. Here's how it goes down. Like, you know, vets in the NFL are, are I'm actually always surprised how cool they are to bring, bring along these young guys, coach them up, you know, tell them all their secrets, all this stuff, because it's dog eat dog in the NFL. Like they cut you any day of the week. You know, you, you don't have any guaranteed money. I could see other sports, you know, taking guys under their wing. Cause who, what do they care? They're making 20 million bucks. Anyway, I threw it out on the previous show we did 
like a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick is making like 500,000 bucks a year or 700 K like it's, it's lawyer doctor type money. So the fact that these guys are so willing to help them and like they say, well, you know, we need these guys to win. Like, and that's, that's the point. So, you know, when it comes to this point in the year, I, I don't know that the vets are saying, well, I hope to see this guy, but the situation the lions are in, like they don't have bodies and they don't have playmakers. So, you know, that they, um, you know, the guy that we love on the show, the, the AOs of the world. Oh, baby. I mean, he gets his chance. He's going out and playing some good football. Not only do I like, you know, how he's playing, but I saw the last game or so he gets up in people's face. He wants to be good. It looks like, you know, we were both high on him in the draft process. So, you know, I think there's some good to seeing those guys on on the football field, but I don't know that Rashad Melvin is like super excited that AO was playing. He's just sitting there getting what I think no snaps the last game when he did come back somewhat healthy. So, you know, there's always a curiosity to see like, well, they took this guy high. Like, what does he got? Can he help us? You know, but I'm sure the vets too have a, they want to play, they want to make plays, they want to get their stats so they can maybe get another contract or get, you know, some, some more money down the line because oh, the, the careers are short. But I think where the Lions are at, they just don't have really options. So you're seeing more young players and the coaching staff, I would say, is probably more apt to want to see young guys and figure out what they have, what they're going to do moving forward than you know, the, uh, the vets on the team saying, Oh, I hope this young guy comes in and balls out. So they boot me next year. Like, I doubt that's how it goes down. But, um, to me as a fan too, it's interesting to see the young guys. I mean, everybody always has hope for a a younger player who they haven't seen anything, but there's something to be said for a a grizzly vet, like Tavon Wilson, that Tavon just goes out there and hits you and smacks you in the mouth, makes tackles. He's where he needs to be. I mean, you don't want to just boot him because he's he's older if he's the best you got. So lots of different ways you can look at that question. But, hey, Grifka, that's a good question. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, um, I just want to mention, I, I think, you know, to kind of piggyback on your answer, I think it just depends on, like, what time of year it is. Like you said, at this point in the year, it's you know, the season's almost over. You know, it's, you know, there's injuries, you know, like those guys are, you know, okay, you know, you know, play said guys, you know, let's see some of these young guys. I think it's different in training camp or maybe earlier in the year. Um, I don't know me. I don't know. People out there, you know, hit me up on Twitter at, at Grifka uh, or, um, DKC because I love the book Paper Lion. I don't know if, if you've read it. If you have, like I said, hit me up and chat about it. No, it's a great book. You know, George Plimpton in the 60s goes out and, you know, he, you know, fakes like he's, he's trying out for the Lions. And he kind of gets these behind-the-scenes thing. And the coolest thing is I bring up this question because one night he's – um before before bed check, like some of the players are out at the bar. And there's a – I can't remember who it was, but at the time there was like a rookie linebacker on the team. And he wasn't out with this group because um, George Plimpton was hanging out with the veterans. And he asked him, it's like, well, aren't you going to take this guy under your wing and help him? And they're like, why? He's like, he's trying to take my job. You know, so like when you said that about Rashawn Melvin, that's what it made me think of that. Because I think yeah. there's a point where guys look at that and they're like, no, he's trying to take my job. Yeah, I want to kind of kind of maybe show him the ropes because we might need him to win. But if he gets good, he's going to take my spot. You know, so yeah. I, I think guys kind of feel that way. You know, um, you know, and like maybe guys have been on a team for a few years. I know now in the league, it's very transient guys, you know, teams flip a lot. So maybe it doesn't happen as much as, you know, like I said, back in the sixties and seventies, but, um, you know, I think maybe it is that way. Cause you know, you know, established veterans may, maybe trying to get one more big contract where that young hungry rookie, you know, is trying to establish himself so he can get paid. So yeah. yeah and it's, and real- kind of, it's kind of a cool thing to look at it that way. Yeah, that's a good anecdote to bring up because I think, too, what you see a lot in the NFL and sports in general is I think some of these guys are really a lot better guys than we give them credit for. But I think there's also a good percentage, too, that they know what to say in the media. They know what to say that's really uh, sounds great or is just kind of the right thing to do. But behind the scenes, if you were to catch them in a moment and say, like, hey, you know, what do you think about the new young fella? You know, they might give that answer, like you said, like, oh, he's all right, but he ain't, he ain't going to take my job. He ain't better than me type of thing. But in the media, they will talk the guy up and say how excited they are about uh, so-and-so. I think that it is a double, double-edged sword, double-sided coin when it comes to that. But we only see the, 
you know, the cliched answers, the positivity, the the good guy side, and not these guys behind where they probably are fighting and scratching for every little every little play, every snap, every every dollar and cent they can get. I mean, that's that's what it is. They got families, right? And that's kind of that's their livelihood. So, I I would love to see more of that behind the scenes, but like say, we only get a limited glimpse. Yeah, that that would be you know offhand. It's like no, why don't you tell me? I won't say nothing. That would that would just be great to be able to have a sit down, you know, like that. I think it'd be cool. But right. um, um, my next thing I want to chat with you about. I know you you teased it on Wednesday's show about uh, was it the, the tweet or um was it your record is what you are or something like that. Um, and and I know we may feel a little different on that, but um, what kind of is your take with that? With the way the with where the lines are at right now with this um with this year. Oh, all right, Griffka, give me some room here. This is gonna be a it's gonna be an open rant. Do you want me rant. to go to the corner? Yeah. You want me to go to the corner and get my soapbox and you stand on it? I, <laughs> I, I, I don't need your soapbox, but I need one of those boxing refs. Yeah, you might need to go to your corner and give me a more than a ten count because I got a few things to say here. So, uh, this was this was uh. Good old Peter King, this the snot-nosed uppity punk that has written for all these things that uh, is he lives the glamorous life, so he just sits there with his pen and his pad of paper and thinks he can just pop off. The guy's probably never played a sport, never done anything except uh, write in his whole life. And he sits back there and he takes a shot at the Detroit Lions. I believe it was directed right at us. He says, you are what your record says you are, which to me is this old quote by Bill Parcells. And everybody loves it because they're like, oh, it's so it's such a great quote because, you know, no matter what's going on, you're, you're only as good or as bad as what your record says. Grifka, there's so many issues with this quote. It's not even funny. The first of those is you are what your record says you are. Like, doesn't that sound like somebody would say that that has really no clue what's going on or just wants to blanket statement everything and just make it try to boil it down in the simplest terms when anybody with half a brain knows it's not that simple. Like there's been plenty of examples where a team could have a horrible record and you could go, you are what your record says you are. Yet everybody knows that team's a lot better football team. They got really good players. You know, their top five players broke their leg in week one. Are, are they really what their record says they are at that point? No, they're not because extenuating circumstances. Secondly, like people do that just because coaches like to do that because it, it puts a cap on players to make them uh, not not feel good, you know, or I, I don't see coaches using this phrase when you're when you're 10 and 0. I don't see them going, you are what your record says you are. Go out there, yuck it up, laugh it up. You know, don't even study your playbook. Just show up on Sunday. So it's really only a quote for when people are doing bad that it gets used. And that's, again, that you can't use a, a simpleton plank statement like this, but only use it when you suck. Oh, you are what your record says you are. You're two and whatever. Okay, well, then if I'm rolling, I guess I am what I say I am, right? I can just uh, not care. We're better than everyone. You know, it doesn't work both ways. So that's another reason it doesn't work. But Peter King, I swear, this guy's one of the most annoying guys. I mean, he just cruises around like you uh, get the bell, the Grifka bell out. He's always at like the, the um, popular teams. I mean, Grifka, what would some of those be? Oh, he's a big fan of the Patriots and the Steelers and the Packers and the Cowboys. I mean, right. So this guy's always out there yucking it up. Oh, let me write this fluff piece on Aaron Rodgers. Oh, let me go visit the Patriots for a week so I can tell you how great they are at everything. Like this guy's, this guy's ridiculous. And for him to just come at our team, come at our coach, like, you know, I don't want to hear. Uh, I think it was directed at Matt Patricia saying like he, he went out and said, we're better than, you know, what, what our record is, but we got to show it. We got to win ball games. No, you're not better than what your record is. You are what your record is. No, Peter King, you're a freaking moron. We have no quarterback. All of our defensive players have missed multiple games. Uh, they've never been on the field. I don't think all year we have a young football team where that we're retooling and basically in year 1.5, 1.75 now of uh, totally retooling what we're doing on defense and just got a new offensive coordinator. So no, we're not what our record says we are. We're better than that. But if you want to boil it down and make it that simple because you're a freaking idiot and you just want to like throw shade at the Lions or just uh, act like there's nothing else going on except that we uh, we've won three football games and that's it. 
then you can do that if you want. But to me, everybody knows in life that whatever happens in your life, there's a million variables that made that happen. So for you just to act like, oh, well, you lost X because of this. No, there was probably 10, 20 other things that happened that caused that. It's not because of this one little statement that just says, well, see, that that's what you are. That's that's avoiding all the things that everybody can point to and say, well, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. That's why we are where we are right now. Right, Peter King? And, and instead, he just wants to throw our team under the bus because they're having a bad year. Would he say that we are what we say we are if we were rolling? Heck no. He'd probably say, oh, that record's not indicative of the team they are. They're not that good. They're the Detroit Lions, right? So get that garbage out of here, Grifka. I'm, I could yell and shout and do a whole bunch more crap, but I'm – uh, I, I'm done with this guy. And for anybody else that uses that, oh, Bill Parcells said it must be true. Yeah, get get out of here with that. Was it if if I remember correctly, when Bill Parcells said it, I mean he was he was the coach, and he was talking about his own team, and I believe they were underachieving from what you know a lot of people prognosticated what they would be or how they would be doing at that point in the year. And people were asking him, you know, where his team was at. So that's where he used that quote, if I remember correctly. So you're right. I mean, if a coach says that about their own team, I think, yeah, I agree with you. It's like your, your team's underperforming what you thought it would be. And um, so I, and, and like you said, outside sources just doing it. It's like, you're just not, covering it's like well you know i cover all the nfl you're right you know peter king you do you cover the whole nfl i got it you know it's just yeah i used to read your stuff in sports illustrated but sports illustrated i stopped reading it a long time ago because they were just obvious fluff pieces there's nothing really hard hitting about it anymore so i i don't think he's covering in depth as you know you think? I think that's a lot of national sports writers, though. They're going to focus on the teams I always name off because that's what that's where you know fans are going to gravitate to. That's where ESPN is going to gravitate to. That's where even like NFL Network is starting to get like that. When NFL Network, I used to watch it a lot more. They would it was like one of those they would cover everybody. Now they're like starting to gravitate more towards those teams, not just in this year, but like at this point in the season, like it seems like almost every year. I mean, cause that's, that's who people want to hear the big fan bases. I get it. I understand that. So I think, like you said, a lot of people use that statement or your, your record is what it is, but to a point it is kind of is what it is for everything you mentioned, all the injuries, the young team, that's kind of what the team is at right now. And, you know, because yeah, if, if the team was that at, that if it had that record and Stafford was playing and there wasn't the injuries on the defense and there, you know, and everybody was all balling out. It's just, that's just to me. Yeah. Then the, 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 the cliche doesn't fit then, but with where it's at kind of right now with all the injuries. Yeah. Your team is what it is because you have lost so much and you have had these injuries and, so, I mean, I guess it kind of works both ways, but I think a lot of people do use it as a broad brush just to kind of, you know, say that about a lot of teams. You know, they're going to use that with any team that nobody really focuses on because you're right. Nobody's really spouting that off about the Kansas City Chiefs right now. You know, nobody's spouting that. Well, your record, you know, like you said, though, with with New England, nobody's like, well, your record is what it is. But, you know, the first thing the NFL Network brought up, or maybe it was ESPN that brought up, they lost it, you know, if the playoffs started right now, the Patriots have lost to the number one seed, the number two seed, and the number four seed in the AFC. So it's just so, – so what are you saying there? Are they a good team? Are they a crappy team? Or, you know, it's, Griffith, know. let's Let's take it one more uh, look at it here for a second before we move on. So the quote is, you are what your record says you are. So, like, you can interpret that multiple ways, I guess. Like, somebody could say – the Lions are a, a three-win football team because their record, uh, they've only won three games. Like If you take that very literally, okay, I tip my cap and say, if you want to just take it again like a simpleton and say, we are what our record is, we're a three-win football team. Uh, I guess the facts prove that as somewhat true. But my, my problem with the quote is, you are what your record, just your record, says you are. And my problem with it is your record, 
it's never the full story, good, bad, or otherwise. Like, there's been tons of times where a team uh, gets rolling, but you know, like, okay, their record is good, but we know that's not like a perennial winning team. There's been plenty of teams that um, were really good that might get ravaged by injuries, have a suspension, you know, have something crazy happen, and they have a really down year. People aren't going to like say they are what their record is because they use their brain and they say, that's a really good team. Again, I hate to use the Patriots, but when Tom Brady went down and Matt Castle went in and they sort of had a, a dip in their production there, nobody was saying they are what their record was because they still ended up winning 10 games, but also they know they would have won more and probably won at a higher level with Brady and like, you know, whatever else happened to him that year. I can't remember all the circumstances, but that's why it doesn't work to me because if you say you are what your record says you are, you're ignoring some of the obvious things that happen. And like the Lions are a team that has won three games, but if if you're saying that's their team because that's what their record is, you're ignoring we don't have our $30 million starting quarterback. I pretty sure he would have made a difference in some of these close games. You know, you're, you're ignoring lots of other circumstances that have, that have happened. And like anybody, I think that's a, a good thinker and somebody that's um, intelligent knows that, all right, before I like make my statement, there's a lot of things I got to consider. It's not, oh, he sucks. Or look at, they, they won one game. They're terrible. If they've won one game, but they have all these issues that are out of their control or have just been a bad year, I'm going to look at their team as a whole and maybe have a different uh, interpretation, you know, Lions or otherwise. You know, there's been teams I look at, again, let's turn it to fantasy football. Odell Beckham's been bad this year. Uh, Joe Mixon overall has been pretty bad. Carrion Johnson's been out hurt, like we talked about on Wednesday. People just saying get rid of the guy. Hey, he is what his uh, track record says he is, right? He's injury prone. He's not a productive football player. Or do you take the circumstances into play and say, okay, Odell Beckham has been hurt this year. Nobody knew about it. Now they know he hasn't had a good year. He's with a new team, a new quarterback. Hey, maybe he's not exactly what he is this year because he has three, four years of production. He's 25, 26 years old. And a a forward thinker is going to think that maybe next year he comes back and blows up. So he's not what he is at this very moment or what his track record says he is right this time. He's it's bigger than that. And, and that's where my, my issue comes is you're just paying people in the moment saying, well, you, you are what you are right at the second. And we all know that's not true. We've all had bad days, tough moments. where like, we're not that, but in that exact moment or in that season of life or we were, but you just can't, you can't do that really to people unless you're taking it super literally and just saying, Grifka, you sucked on that day. And that was a bit day. You had a bad day. Okay. Maybe it was factually true for that moment or that short period of time, but it doesn't work on a grand scale unless you want to just broad brush everything or act like, well, I'm just going to boil it down to the simplest of thoughts. And that's going to be awesome. Like, again, that's what Parcel Lombardi, some of these guys do and people take it for gospel. And like, for me, it's just, no, you, the lions aren't what they're showing this year but they may not be as good as we'd seen in the past, you know, with um, Caldwell or whoever, but they, they might also be way better, you know, right now, I guess. Yeah. There are three wins, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm just continuing to say like, if you're just ignoring all the, all the factors, you're missing the point and you're also being kind of a, a moron like Peter King is <laughs> bottom line at there at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter King, if you're listening, man, please give us a call, 989-272-3484. Love to have a discussion with you. We'd appreciate it. And Griffka, I don't want a 20-minute rant, but you know why I bang on a guy like Peter King? The same reason I bang on Dave Burkett. These are pompous a-holes that sit there with their nose up and act like, oh, we're just so smart. We're so grandiose. Look at us. Look at, look at all this great work we do by these pieces we write or this, you know, everyone paints. Oh, this uh, hard work they put in, get out of here with that, man. Have a little bit of humility. Have a little bit of a, you know, I, I just feel like these aren't guys you can chat with. They're not football guys. They're not people that really pound the pavement. They just sort of, you know, 
do what they do, you know, uh, live a privileged life, kind of, you know, think they're better than everybody else around them. You know, Dave Burkett thinks he's the top writer for the Lions. You know, you know uh, what Peter King, he bounces around to anybody that will pay him and just says, oh, you know, I'll just work for Monday morning quarterback. I'll work for NBC. I'll work for uh, SI, whoever will do it because I'm just so, I'm just so great. There, there's no, there's no common man. There's no, there's no, Gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no redeeming qualities I see in these guys when I see them from afar. Maybe I, I got them totally wrong, but I don't think so based on how I hear them talk, how I hear them act, or how I see them act. It just comes across as totally, uh, like I say, pompous is the best word I can use for both of those guys. Okay. And, uh, I, I, I like your take, man. Uh, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, let's take a break, get our sponsors in here really quick, and then uh, we'll try to uh... – you know, break down this uh, exciting uh, Detroit-Tampa Bay game that is coming up on Sunday. Detroit and the Bucks, man. We'll talk all about it. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back here on a Friday the Bucks are coming into Ford Field. The Lions love to sort of have home games. Hopefully, they can give the people something to cheer about. I know most people are, uh, you know, not very excited about uh, this team or how the season has went. I, I know I heard. Uh, I got to give a shout out. I wanted to do this a couple of shows ago, but I didn't get around to it. You people that listen to podcasts, you got to pull up the Ken Brown. Mike O'Hara podcast. It makes me laugh every time the way these guys banter back and forth. It makes me laugh at Ken Brown. He just repeats the same thing over and over again. It'd be like, Grifka, if you asked me about TJ Hawkinson, and I would just say, he's a good player. He's a good player. And you keep trying to, he's a good player. He's a good player, Grifka. He just says the same thing. Like, sometimes I'll count how many times he says it, and it'll be like six, seven, eight. And like, it's, it's the simplest of things that it makes me laugh. And their rapport is just funny, but they were going back and forth about uh, Ken Brown goes, he goes, he goes, how many think you can be at that stadium on Sunday? And Michael Harry goes, ah, about 60, 65,000. He goes, 65,000. He goes, he goes, it's going to be under 40. <laughs> and Michael Harry kept going, oh, no way. He goes, there's going to be at least a full house or 60. He goes, I'm telling you under 40. Under 40. He goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture. And I know I know under 40 when I see it. And he's going back and forth. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, I, I side more with Ken Brown. I bet you there's, you know, a three-quarter or less filled stadium. And people not very excited about this game. But it's also one the Lions could get a win in. So, uh, you know, if, if they came out and played some pretty good football, put some points on the board, maybe got a few turnovers on defense. I mean, it could be kind of a fun game to watch if you're there in person or – for us Lions fans have been starving for a good performance. Yeah, I I was I, I know under the, forty. Under forty. Yeah. Under 40. I, I know I know the NFL has a rule with helmets that um you have to, <laughs> you know, wear the same one, you know, that you wear all season long. That's why you can't have multiple ones. But I would love for this to be like a throwback game, you know, throwback uni game if the Lions went back to like the just the simple blue with the silver <laughs> numbers and the silver helmets. And if the Buccaneers went back to the creamsicle, oh, gosh, I would love that. That would be so smooth. <laughs> but since the creamsicle helmets were white, and now they were like that with that copper or whatever, that pewter helmet, you know, having the old buck on the side of a pewter helmet just wouldn't look right. So I guess we're stuck <laughs> with, like, that oversized pirate flag that they put on there now to try to make them look tougher than what they really are. So um, What was that, Griff? Could, like, again, I'm going to show my, my age a bit here, but – 
what what was the so like Tampa Bay was in the same division and they they were like our rival right for a while like tell give me a half history lesson on this cuz I don't I just know that like Tampa Bay and Detroit was always like a a game that always seemed to happen and like were they actually in the same division Yeah they were both in the uh, <laughs> NFC North and this actually you know might surprise really? people yeah <laughs> this might surprise people actually Tampa Bay What was Seattle the division came... What were the other teams Oh, the ones I should know this, but Minnesota, Green Bay, and um, Chicago. So when Tampa Bay and Green and Bay, Tampa Bay, the... yeah, and, and, <laughs> and the NFC North. Imagine that. Wow. Um, huh. No, it wasn't North. It was the Central at that point. It was it was the Central? So it was, the, oh, was it the Norris? Because I've heard the Norris, but I don't even know who was in the Norris division. Well, was they it, always say the that? Norris because that was the old uh, Detroit Red Wings division where they had like Chicago and the Minnesota North Stars, and you know, it was okay. all that. So it was like kind of like the same area team. So that's what that's what they got that from. But yeah, it was the the old NFC Central. And actually, <laughs> when uh, Tampa Bay and Seattle came into the league at the same time. The first year, Seattle was actually in the division, and Tampa Bay was in the West. So then they flipped them. I don't know how that happened, but still. The Seattle was... Seahawks were in the Lions division with the Vikings and the Packers and the Bears. Really? Yeah, like I think the. Oh my gosh, I had up. no idea about this. Yeah. Like, man, I got to either Probably study maybe. up or this is way before my time, I guess. But, no, so you geez. you don't remember the you don't remember like the '80s football games where it was actually. Because Green Bay was terrible in the 80s before they got Brett Favre and actually the Magic Man, Don Mikowski. Um, like, you know, Lynn Dickey was their quarterback. And they, the, you thought the Lions, the Lions sucked then too, but Green Bay was pretty bad as well. And um, <laughs> when Tampa Bay and Green Bay would play each other, they, were, they called that game the Bay of Pigs. Which is, oh, yeah, I was going to say, I heard Bay of Pigs, but I didn't know it was uh, Green Bay in them. I thought it was yeah. maybe and, something to do with the Lions. But. And I, I always said it was written in scripture somewhere that oh, Detroit and Tampa I get it, Bay. Yeah, Detroit and Tampa Bay had to split the season series no matter what. It always seemed like, you know, like it always seemed like either Detroit won at the Silverdome, you know, no matter how good or bad each team was, and Tampa Bay was usually pretty bad. And Detroit, you know, we all, you know, thought they were good when they had Gary Danielson and Eric Hipple and Jeff Chadwick and Leonard Thompson and, you know, Gary James Jones in the backfield. And, you know, you know even when they had Billy Sims, like, still, like, it was odd. So, like, even if it would happen early in the year where, like, Tampa Bay would come up to Detroit and win the game, it's like, okay, they're going to go to Tampa Bay and win. And they would. It seemed like they split every freaking year. It was just like, no matter what, even happened, like, when Barry Sanders was on the team. I remember when they had Warwick Dunn, they came up there. And Warwick Dunn went off, and, and like, every, and I think Derek Brooks said, oh, I think we've seen the real, you know, you know, we saw the new Barry Sanders. So then, like, Barry Sanders went down to Tampa Bay, and he busted off, like, two 60-yard touchdown runs, and all he said was, like, yeah, I'm Barry Sanders. You know, it was just, it was, it was like one of those games, like, they went off, and they went down there, and they won, and, you know, just to kind of shove it in Derek Brooks. And Derek Brooks is a hell of a player, don't get me wrong, hell of a fan. Yeah, I love the guy, but, you know, he's all trying to talk smack about how Warwick Dunn's like the new Barry Sanders, like, whatever. Griffka's in his way back machine, everybody. I got to stop him at some point. Hell yeah, man. Like being, 80s, like 90s football. That was like being in the Doctor Who phone booth, man, just kind of traveling through time. Uh, I uh, I agree with you. The old jerseys would be cool. I thought you were actually going to say something about like have it be old school like leather helmets, and it reminded me of me and you are big Jim Rome guys. One time he's interviewing Lee Evans, and you know how Rome tees up the question, and so he had said something, and Jim Rome goes, "Yeah, like that." Just I mean, you guys were out there like in the parking lot, like you were in leather helmets or something. And then there's just this awkward pause. Lee Evans said nothing. And then like Alvy played the cricket sound effect like we do on this show. It's like a it's like a known drop where like Lee Evans was like, Yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> Leather, what are you talking about? <laughs> and Rome like always calls it of like one of his worst follow-up questions of all time. <laughs> oh, it's classic. So I thought you were gonna say something like that. I was gonna hit you with crickets. But yeah, I uh I would love to see the older jerseys. We won't get it, but uh like to me, this shapes up as a, I don't know, a pretty, you know, doable game for the Lions. I mean, the quarterback for Tampa Bay is hurt. Mike Evans isn't around. So, like, I feel like most Lions fans should go in, you know, the people that want them to lose every game. you got to be a little bit worried. And the people that just want to get off the schneid, this is a game that I think you'll see some fireworks and kind of some back-and-forth football. I I saw earlier, like you mentioned, how Jameis Winston was hurt. But have you seen anything lately? Is he is he like doubtful or out for Sunday? 
because I I know you like him, and I said and you, <laughs> earlier in this year you said that you like him. I've always thought he was garbage, but um, <laughs> this guy, it's like I'm almost starting to like him simply for his stats, simply because this dude's always like balling off for like 350 yards and four touchdowns, but he always has like two or three picks a game. I mean, he's right. just like he's like here, you take the ball, whoever catches it, it's cool. I don't care, you just you just catch it, you know. I, See, I gotta, and the, I'm, I'm starting to like that, but I hate him on the Lions because at one point, you know, like it'd be like they would need him to have a game-winning drive, and he would throw the ball to the other team, and that would just drive me bats. And, and the funniest part. <laughs> <laughs> and the funniest part is I went the other way. Like uh, now, I, James Winston, not only can he not play on my fantasy teams because all his turnovers, but I, I say this most times when I see him or his stat line. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this this guy's just chucking. It's like he's colorblind. He's just chucking it. Oh, man, that guy's wide open. Uh, that's the defense, James. <laughs> it's like I, I can't stand the way he plays. It's a, to me, it's just a very reckless, odd football. Like they'll show the highlights, and it's just a just garbage throws to the other team, chucking it up for grabs. Like the minute his team gets going, you know he'll make a turnover to cost him the game. The next thing, next game, he'll come out of the woodwork when they're dead to rights, and he'll lead them to a last second victory. Or I, I don't know. He's a total enigma to me now. Like I've I've turned the corner that I don't think he's a very good. Uh, player or overall football player i mean he can put up numbers like you said but i don't think he's going to lead you to any big time winning whereas before i thought he was a he was a i liked his stature i liked the fact that he came from a good program i thought he had what it took but you just cannot turn the football over at the rate he does and and have an organization you know make you the centerpiece so i would think he's probably moving on after this year if tampa bay can get a um, a better player, either draft, free agency, whatever it may be. But yeah, I guess he has like a busted thumb. And but Bruce Arians, like he'll be fine to play. I'm like, I think it's on his throwing hand or something. I can't remember. But uh, if it is, I don't know how you go out there with a busted up thumb and just wing the ball around. But that's what he's going to try to do, I guess. Yeah, I I, I attribute him to playing kind of like recess football. Remember, like when you're a kid and you go outside and play recess at recess <laughs> at school, and just like you divide up like you know with like ten on ten, and there's like everybody just out in the pass route because nobody's blocking or anything, and you just right. chuck the ball up and hope somebody comes down <laughs> with it. You know, and that's that's pretty much yeah. what he does on this team. It's like they never go like max protection. It's just always like, okay, we have five guys that need to block. Everybody just go take routes. And that's what he's just like, here, he's just throwing it up. And then somebody goes, hey, the bell's going to ring. So he just like throws a bomb and either wins the game or it's just like, okay, now we got to go back in, you know, uh, we'll see you guys at lunch, you know, something like that. So, but here's my thing. Like think he plays. why you're teeing it up like that. It worries me because the lions, I think I saw a stat the other day. Like we have three picks for the whole year, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, something ridiculous like that. And like a couple of them happened early in the season. So we've went like, gosh, it has to be five, six, seven, eight, whatever, however many weeks with really no interceptions. And and no, the fact the, that Jameis uh, Winston throws a ton. Team. Thanksgiving was the last interception. Remember they picked off. A oh, yeah. Big slip. play got him. Yeah. So, but I think that three is like a legit number. Like they maybe have three or six picks on the whole year, something really low like that, you know. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, people, of course, the Condre Diggs fans are coming out. Oh, look at all the picks he has! Anybody that's seen all of his interceptions, like three of them were thrown right to him, and one he made a nice little play on in the back end. So, again, Quandre Diggs was my guy. He was a dog. I liked him, but don't act like this guy's just a turnover machine, you know. Um, but getting back to my point, so like the Lions cannot turn the football over. All Jameis Winston does is turn the football over. So I swear if we come back next week and I'm looking at the stat sheet and there's no exciting turnovers by our Lions, then we have just no chance um, in regards to turning over people because this is the guy. If he doesn't throw it to us at least twice, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's hit on one question on the defense. I guess Sue's on that defense. Do you think this – you think, oh, yeah, Sue's yeah. That type, you think Sue's that type of guy that, like, circled this game on the calendar when it came out? Or you think he, like, even really cares? Because you always hear, like, oh, this guy's all going to be pumped because, you know, <laughs> he's coming back to take his former team on, blah, blah, blah. I, me, personally, I don't think Sue's that type of guy. 
He just doesn't seem like that type of guy who's going to be like, you know, he had the Detroit Lions circled in a big red marker. You know, like, I'm coming back. I'm going to stomp these guys. Uh, do you think that, or do you think it's possible that, you know, this is just another game for him? Grifka, um, is, uh, is this a real question? Oh, yeah, it had to be, because you know what you got to talk When you're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you got to bring up Indominus. This is your guy. You love this guy. You think he was just uh, the greatest thing ever. But here's the thing. Like, he doesn't red circle it now. I feel like after he left, I don't know that we played him when he was in Miami. There was all that uh, rumor innuendo when he came out here, what was it, last year or a couple years ago with uh, L.A. with the Rams. And, uh, you know, there's all this man. Is he going to take a cheap shot at Matt Stafford or did him and Stafford have problems or was Sue mad because he couldn't be the guy? Stafford was the leader. I mean, I thought in that game, you go back and watch that game or remember that game, that he was working his tail off trying to get after the quarterback, trying to make a statement. And I think he got – I can't remember if he got a sack or there was a couple times he got in. I want to even say that he sort of did – either do some Sue shenanigans and sort of do something late or kind of half questionable. But to me, that's when he had a burner settle. Now it's just like, he's got, he got booted around the league again. He kind of took a whatever deal. I mean, I didn't even really remember him to be honest. Like when people bring up him on Tampa Bay, it's just sort of like, Oh yeah, I guess he is in Tampa Bay. He sort of fell off the map as a primetime player in the NFL about mm, three years ago or more. So I feel like he's just there. Now, if you if he gets unblocked, can he still like ragdoll a running back or maybe get your quarterback on the ground? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to have any ill will or do anything, but he is half crazy. So I could see him stomping on a player, doing something crazy, you know, to get back at us, I guess. But I, I would lean towards no. So. Okay. Like I said, um, I uh, forgot about Indomitian Sue the minute he left, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure he thinks about you often. So, um, <laughs> so Indomitian, if you're listening, man, we would really appreciate it if calling because Derek would love to catch up. Call in at 989 272 3484. Another, um, another pompous a hole, number 90, right there. I mean, put him on the list. It goes, it goes Burkett, Sue, oh no, Burkett, Peter King, Sue. Okay, we better get that straight. So we have, so we have that. So we have that. You know, we we know later. You know, so when you do right. bump into Peter King and you you find out he's really a nice guy, you're like, no man, I never talk crap about you. It's all relative. It's sliding scale, but that's where I got him ranked now. Let's do. Well, let's do this. I mean. Uh, we know uh, the season, a lot of people are hoping that the Lions lose, you know, to get the better draft picks in uh, Tampa Bay. They're, they're out of the playoffs, too, but they've been playing actually pretty decent of, of late. So uh, why don't you give me a prediction for this game? Uh, how, how do you see this game falling? Tampa Bay, Detroit. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to pull a half Grifka here. Like, I actually just want to see a really good exciting football game from our team. I I want to win. I really feel like a win or a loss isn't going to swing us from the second pick to the 10th pick. So anything in that top five, seven, I feel like we're going to get, you know, a, a good player. I, I don't think there's really any chance of getting Chase Young as much as people keep talking about that. So I, I want a Dubsky. I think that uh, if they had Mike Evans, it would be a a pretty ugly game. We'd probably get the ball thrown all over the football field on us. I feel like without him, as good as Chris Godwin has been, um, I feel like Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, nothing special. I feel like their defense is eh. So I, I'm going to throw out that again, I, I kind of lean towards, uh, if you look at my track record, some high scores, but I really do think this could be a half fun game in Ford field. So I'd say uh, I give the lions, um, 33 points and I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to get 27 points so it's going to kind of be a nice win it's going to be a lot of points on the scoreboard I see Blau kind of um, you know coming out of the woodwork and, and putting multiple touchdowns together through the air I see Bo Scarborough hitting the end zone 
Um, the defense turning the football over and Jameis Winston, you know, throwing a few TDs and kind of getting his team, but falling short late, which we haven't seen by many quarterbacks. Most of the time, you know, they're they're staying in the game and then beating us in the fourth quarter. I see Jameis beating himself, beating his team in the fourth quarter and us kind of having a somewhat fun victory in Ford Field after a lot of losses have piled up. Wow, I was I honestly wasn't expecting that. Um, gosh. And me, um, like I said, I always like to see my team win. I know we've had this discussion before, um, but I, I, I don't picture Tampa Bay like the world beaters. I realize they just beat Indianapolis, but once again, that game was at home late in the year. Indianapolis is cold at this time of year and going down to Tampa Bay. They did wilt a little bit in the second half, but, you know, it's coming up to Detroit, you know, Blau's back at home. Um, I realize Tampa Bay does have some tape on them, but Arians, I believe he's more of an offensive coach. So, um Gosh, it's going to have to be, like you said, one of those high-scoring games on this. But, uh, oh, jeez. Gosh, I don't know who I want to pick. My my heart tells me I, I really want to pick the Lions. But, you know, I, I realize Do it's it. Kool-Aid. But, the Kool-Aid cat. Hold on. I got to – let me let me get a sound bit that might get you going, Grifka. I mean, you know you want to do it, Grifka. Come on. Drink it in, man. <laughs> corn, 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 cornbread. Come okay. on. Okay. I, gosh, they've thrown up a lot of points. And like like you said, Evans isn't playing. So Drink it. Okay, drink it. Fine. Drink it in. I will take Detroit on this one. I'll, I'll go Detroit 24, Tampa Bay uh, 23. They squeak it out. There you go. Woo! There you go. You talked me into it. <laughs> yeah, give that score one more time uh, so I can do That's, that. That's uh, Detroit uh, 24 and uh, Tampa Bay 23. Woo! <laughs> yes, sir. So we both got the Lions winning. Um, we had some fun doing some outside-the-box topics. Uh, talked about the game. I was going to ask your last question, but something makes me feel like you got something else you want to ask me, Grifka. Is there anything else we got today? Or are we done? No, nah, just a quick thing, man. A couple things. Um, You know, it's, you know, right before christmas here and i had to do some shopping for the kids so i was at the mall <laughs> and, I, and i saw a small group of people that you know everybody recognized and they were in line for santa and i was just like why are they going to santa but okay you know so once again you know i, I want to ask you the, the, the people that i saw when they got sat on santa's lap what do you think they asked for so uh <laughs> first person that actually was able to get sit on his lap was daryl bevel what do you think daryl bevel asked for Daryl Bevel only wants one thing for Christmas, Grifka. What's that? That's that's uh you know who he might be. <laughs> he wants a signal caller back. I mean, all I want for Christmas is number nine from Daryl Bevel. Okay, yeah. I was I was thinking that maybe or I was thinking maybe a head coaching position, but yeah, I could I could understand Stafford right there. So I, I agree with that. So uh, what about the next person up? You know, I can't see these two hanging out together, but they were. They were at the mall. I was kind of surprised. Jelani <laughs> Tavai, you know, besides maybe a new helmet for keep dropping his helmet so he can have the illegal helmet to helmet his. But what do you think Tavai asked for? Oh, man. I mean, right now, Jelani Tavai is asking for a Columbia coat. I mean, extra, extra uh, thin slate, uh, as warm as they come. Three sets of gloves, uh, two hats. I mean, he, he wants the warmest uh, you can buy from Dick's Sporting Goods. And then he also wants a, a ticket right back to Hawaii the day after the season is over so he can get the hell out of here because, you know, this guy is not going to be liking the, what, five degrees or whatever it's going to be tomorrow. So Tavai needs a, a good coat, hat, gloves, and and is going to be gone before you know it. As good of a guy as he is, he ain't staying around Detroit, I tell you that. You, you mean he's not going to win her here in Royal Oak? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he, he, he gone. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the next one up, actually, somebody had to tell me who this was because I, you know, I heard about him and I knew he was on the team. I just hadn't seen him very much. People were telling me it was Jesse James. So, what do you think Jesse James oh! asked for? <laughs> Jesse James. Oh my gosh. Uh, what the heck does Jesse James want? Well, he's got all the money in the world. We know that. Unfortunately, Bob Quinn. Come on, buddy. Uh, gosh, Jesse James probably would like to. Um, you know, ask Santa for some 
some PT. I mean, actually get some, get some time on the field. I mean, Jesse James would probably love people to not call him the outlaw or make fun of his name. Like he's a guy from an old Western. That'd probably be good for Jesse James. Uh, Detroit fans would like Jesse James to, I don't know, do something. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jesse James uh, hopefully is asking Santa to uh, for New Jersey because uh, <laughs> I've seen enough. I, I'm ready to move on from the guy. Hopefully he gets, uh, we find a way out of this contract. Maybe there's some loophole. We can uh, get rid of this guy and get somebody that can actually make plays. Okay. Well, one thing I did notice was uh, this, this elf behind Santa and I, he looked awful familiar to me. And then he, he what this oh. elf said made me realize who it was. It, it was like, couple more for Santa? I'm like, it's Bill Keenis. I, I freaking knew it. I'm like, Bill Keenis, they must have kicked him out. And he goes, so as he said that, this person stepped up. You know, it, took, it oh. took a while for this person to get up there. But, yes, Martha Ford actually sat on Santa's lap. What do you think, through her sunglasses, you know, in the mall yet, what do you think she asked for? <laughs> Oh man, Griff guy can't get over the fact that somebody's saying "couple more for Santa." Oh, that's, that's, that's tremendous! It works, and I could see Bill doing that on his off time. He probably needs an extra paycheck nowadays. Um, Martha Ford. I mean, this is this is obvious too, Griffka. Martha Ford sitting on Santa's lap and going, "Hello, Santa. You know what I'd like? I I haven't got my greatest present yet. My greatest present is the Lombardi Trophy. Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Santa looks at her and goes, uh, hey, old lady, I mean, little girl, uh, the sunglasses hut is right down the way there in the mall. Uh, you can go find another nice pair of uh, black, uh, what do they call those old person shades? Blue blockers. You'll get some blue blockers down there at the sunglass hut, you crazy old person. So, that, <laughs> but I mean, she really, really wants the Lombardi trophy. I don't know if you've heard. Yeah, all I picked up on is after... <laughs> and she, that she must have asked for that because Santa looked at her and goes, "How about a football?" And she goes, "No!" And he goes, "How, oh, how, how?" And he like kicked her down the slide and she slid down. So, so oh, I'm, I'm sure she's a wonderful lady, but yeah, yeah. So okay, so yeah, it was just saw saw those and you know since you know they were you know. You know, obviously lines, they were crowded around by people. So I didn't get a chance to go up and ask them, you know, what they wanted. So I really wanted to get your take on what you thought, you know, they might ask Santa for. So Very timely, Grifka. Good stuff. And with Bill Keenis saying a couple more for Santa, I only got one more for you. Grifka, with the Christmas season right around the corner, with the people wanting just one thing from you for Christmas, and it's this. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. <laughs> Everybody, Lions, Bucks. I'm feeling a dub ski, just like I got in fantasy football against the Big Hughes. If you haven't heard that episode, you got to go back and listen to the fantasy football flavor, where we actually did a live show as our matchup went. I beat Hughes in the most dramatic of fashions. You got to check that out. Um, we're all about dub skis here in my house, and that's all we get is wins. And I think the Lions will get one. And some actual good questions from Grifka today. So that's always a nice change. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what our team does. It's been a tough season. We all know that. Um, for those that are hanging in there and see a brighter 2020, appreciate that. Keep uh, drinking that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. For all those that want to lose out, get that draft pick. You know, you know you love the Lions, as do we. Thanks for checking in on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. We're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in. <laughs>